Hey, Alyssa. Hey, Sam. Uh, are you ready? I am super duper ready. <laughs> this is a brand new season. This isn't going to be the first episode. But. No, my eyes, are you joking? My eyes are actually watering. This is so stupid. I'm so over it. She can't take it. <laughs> Stuck at the office or traffic jam. Time to take it easy with Alyssa and Sam. Is that show you know? A pro. So today, uh, we actually have a guest from my past. (laughs) That makes it sound like it's like Like it's like a boyfriend or something. something. It's not. (laughs) This woman, her name is Holly. Um, Holly Locke. She was my best friend growing up. Uh, We were neighbors when I was in. I think she moved in. I don't even know. Like, I know that we were neighbors like for years and years and years before they moved away. But she was my best friend growing up. Um, and she was a teen mom and is still a mom, <laughs> of course. Um, but uh, yeah, we're going to talk to her today. Uh, she reached out to us, but I'm so I'm so excited that she did because I don't know why this didn't cross my mind, maybe because I, I don't have kids. Um, but that this was this is something that is you know can be extremely difficult to navigate. Yeah. Um. And so having like a firsthand account of her experience and allowing our listeners to um, ask questions about it as well, I think is really beneficial. And I'm really excited to just talk to her in general, but also like hear her story. Yeah, for sure. Me too. By the way, we're obviously all still in quarantine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so um, we'll be talking to Holly over Zoom. Yeah, I guess we're not a sponsor. I, was, I thought that was going to be like obvious, but not everybody watches the YouTube video. So yeah, she is being Zoomed in. So without further ado, you guys, here is my longtime childhood best friend, Holly. Holly, how are you? How the heck are you? I'm good. How are you guys? You know, <laughs> isolated, very isolated. Yeah. <laughs> We're trying to keep staying over here. I think like everybody else. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Crazy times right now. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I can't. Sorry. I feel like I can't stop talking like Juliet Barnes in Nashville. I'm like, how the heck are (laughs) you? I'm literally obsessed with that show. I think I've seen every episode. So I feel you on that. Dude, I've been going back. Did I like miss out on like a major trend here? You did. But like just by the fact that I like the show, I feel like you won't like the show. That's accurate. We have like. That's accurate. Like the opposite, the most opposite like taste in pretty much everything. Yeah. So before we jumped on the call with you, we were just like pre-recording telling the listeners and stuff that you and I uh, lived across from each other as children. (laughs) Yeah. Childhood buddies, neighbors. Holly used to sit on her front step. She had like these like front steps outside of her front door, obviously, because they're front steps. Uh, and she used to sit there. And then I would sit outside on my mom's like blue grand dam. And we'd like wait for each other to be sitting outside at the same time <laughs> so that we could hang out. <laughs> Why not just like go over and see the other person? Oh, man. I don't know. I think, it, dude, it was forever ago. Number one, <laughs> we're literally like dinosaurs at this point yeah um why wouldn't we go over I don't know I think like it wasn't as cool well it just like wasn't a thing I don't think like back then nobody had like cell phones and stuff so it was like you kind of just had to you just need outside at a certain time yeah (laughs) yeah I just knocked on doors man we I don't know if we had that like kind of thing (laughs) I think it was like it had to happen in Glen Rosa Yeah, things were different. Samuel always hates on our middle school. She's like, you guys were up to no good up there. And we were always you like. You were. No, we thought the same thing about CMB, didn't we? Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. when she when she talks about sixth grade, I'm like, 
are you fucking kidding me? I'm like, we were still like drawing and finger painting. No, I was in a boy's basement with his arm around me. Yeah, as if. And then watching some show with like iced tea in it kissing. <laughs> anyway, so I've Maybe known him for- then. Maybe it was GMS, I don't know. Dude, I'm starting to 100%. learn that I think, I think GMS was the, was the problem. Yeah. Anyway, Holly and I have known each other for a really, really long time. As we mentioned uh, earlier, uh, she was a teen mom and she's uh, agreed to share her experience here with us and answer some questions from you guys. So we're really thankful that you're here, Holly. Um, I know that it's really hard to like open up and uh, especially if you're not generally in this industry it's like really scary so i think that it's really brave and i think that you're i'm already gonna cry um, <laughs> don't cry you can't cry because you're gonna send me over the edge and i'm just gonna try and not go there today <laughs> Um, I, I think that it's going to be really helpful. Um, and like I said before, uh, especially to get like a first person account of kind of how it was for you. Um, so I kind of wanted to start off because you and I kind of like lost touch a little bit um, after I would say even like middle school, like um, right in the middle. So I, I, I wasn't really around for your you know, pregnancy and stuff like that. I didn't really know a whole lot. So I kind of wanted to go back and just talk about like, what were some of your like thoughts of what your life was going to look like even in like middle school or growing up? Like, did you think that you wanted to have kids? Did you think you were going to have kids young? What did you want to do as a career? Kind of just like set the set the stage. Yeah. Um, well, in middle school, I don't really think I gave much thought to having kids at all. I don't think I even thought past what high school looked like at that point. Um, but going into high school further on, um, obviously I had dreams. I had like career choices. I had plans. I wanted to travel. So um, getting pregnant obviously kind of takes your life to halt and you kind of have a new perspective and um, a lot of things change for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Everything changes. So yeah, it was crazy times. <laughs> no kidding. And did you, I mean, I feel like this is obvious because I feel like I know from the experience, but were you trying for a baby? <laughs> No, no, not yeah. at all. So when I got pregnant, I was actually on birth control, which is kind of like, wow, people think that, you know, if you get pregnant when you're a teenager, you must have either, you know, just been careless or um, maybe have been trying to be, you know, a young mom. But at that point, no, that was not something I wanted, not something I thought about. Definitely was trying to um, prevent that from happening. Yeah. But, uh, you know, life has other plans for you sometimes. So what do you do? Yeah, I think that that's an important distinction to make, too, because I, I feel like the stigma ar around teen pregnancy or like being a young adult pregnant is exactly like you said, like you're being careless, you're being thoughtless, you're not taking the right measures. But that's not always the case. And I feel like oftentimes it's not the case. Right. And even people who are using other forms of, of um, contraceptives like, um, you know, like condoms and stuff like that, like there's people who are on birth control and take con or and use condoms and still manage to get pregnant. Like it's, you know, these things are kind of thought as like, oh, I'm doing this, so I'm not going to get pregnant. But of course there's always, you know, what birth control is like 96% effective or 98% effective or something like that. It's high. Yeah, I think it's like, high. I not think high like enough. different types of birth controls have like a different percentage of like how much they work. But I think I was on the pill at that time. Um, and I think it was like 99%, um, you know, effective. And so you kind of think, oh, well, you have 1% of getting pregnant. It's not going to happen to me. I'm being smart. Um, yeah. That being said, though, um, there's days that I miss the pill. 
I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie there's days that you forget there's days you get caught up doing other things and then you you're told to top up that pill you're supposed to double up or whatever so you know that had happened um you're, I was 17 when I got pregnant taking a pill every day wasn't like okay I'm gonna take it this time you know there's times I was careless that happens yeah. you know right well, and also I think it's worth pointing out as well that um, kind of going back to we did a podcast talking about like, you know, our history with doctors and stuff like that. And one thing that I had said about medications is that um, with birth control, I wasn't really told anything about my birth control. They were like, take it for this long before you have sex unprotected. And like that was really it. They didn't t- talk to me about any of the side effects and also any other um, complications with other medications that I might be taking. Like I know Accutane um, makes like birth control basically obsolete. So um, I think that that's something like that's worth noting as well when we kind of talk about that stigma around um, teenagers getting pregnant and stuff like that because it could just be that they didn't have all the information when it came to birth control as well. Right. Yeah, and I've, 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 I feel like in sex education, too, I know I harp on this all the time, but <laughs> we, like, ma- we managed to work into every episode how <laughs> yeah. dismayed we are. Well, because the thing is, is that teenagers are going to have sex, okay? Yeah. It's it's the way that it is. And uh, not all teenagers, obviously, but, you know, humans, humans like to have sex. It's a thing, okay? And, <laughs> and so by not educating... It's a normal thing, too. And so when they say that, like, you know, teenagers just stay abstinent, just stay abstinent, it's just unrealistic. In my opinion, yeah. it's just unrealistic. People make that choice. Right. Yeah. And I think that having the right education and, and in my sexual education, I don't think that much was said about birth control or, like, the, the importance of being, um, like... I don't want to say militaristic, but like, you know, at the exact same time every day, that wasn't really drilled into me because I did the same shit. Like I would forget a pill or I would take it at like 7 a.m. instead of 10 a.m. and stuff like that. But every every time that you forget a pill or like take it at the wrong time, it becomes less effective. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I think that that's an important distinction to make, too. So you did say as well, that was going to be my next question was how old were you when you got pregnant? You were 17, you said? Yeah, I was 17 when I found out I was pregnant and 18 when my son was born. And did you, hold on, I'm trying to go in like secession here, but now (laughs) I'm like just so interested because I actually like, I don't know why I don't know that much about like your whole journey being pregnant. I honestly don't think a whole lot of people do. And I don't know. I feel like I just kind of, uh, I retracted from friendships. I kind of just went into my own world at that point. Um, I only had like maybe a few close friends around me and um I was kind of just stuck to my mom's hip <laughs> at that point honestly yeah did do you feel like it made your you and your mom closer oh for sure yeah my and mom, she was supportive um, she was really supportive honestly if I I didn't have my mom I just and that sounds really cliche but at that point I really just don't think I would have um made it through that it was crazy but Thank God I, you know, I'm one of the lucky ones that had support. Lots of girls don't, unfortunately. And um, yeah, no, she was great. She was really good. I can't even, Sam was asking me the same thing like the other night, what, like what it would have looked like for me if I had gotten pregnant. I'm like, I honestly, I can't, I, because I haven't had a kid or anything like that, I can't even imagine like who would have been in my corner, like, you know, friendships that I would have, like, would have ceased to exist. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's so hard to put yourself in that position if you didn't have, like, if you didn't experience it, right? Um, The day you found out, like, did you have a feeling that you were pregnant before you took a test? Or did you, like, miss your period? Like, what, what kind of led you to that thought? Um, No, I definitely had a feeling. Um, 
I, I think I was like about eight days late on my period at that point. Um, and I had other symptoms of um, like my boobs were sore. Um, and it was, it was just like the, I missed my period by eight days. So I obviously knew something was up. So I yeah. took like a, a home test and <laughs> I was so young. I obviously just didn't even know how to read it right. So <laughs> it came up with like a really, really, really faint, faint line, like indicating that it's positive. So I was like, okay, it's so faint. Obviously I'm not pregnant. So <laughs> <laughs> and so I kind of continued on a couple more days um, thinking like, okay, I'm not pregnant. It was super faint. So it's all good. And then I uh, didn't get my period still. So I'm like, okay, I need to go see a doctor. So I just went to the walk-in and peed in a, a little cup and sure enough, it was positive. <laughs> and had you told your partner at that time that you had taken an at-home test or were you kind of doing this on your own? No. So he, he knew he was with me when I took the test at home. Um, he was 20 at the time, I think. 20 years old and probably hadn't seen a pregnancy test before either so we both kind of thought it was negative and then he came with me to the doctor so he was there the whole time when we both found out and yeah <laughs> that do, sorry go ahead oh I was just I need to like just butt in with this story really quickly I was in fucking Japan and I my period was late and we I was like freaking out about it because the whole time we had been there we would like go to different like monuments and stuff like that and like it would be like the temple of motherhood and like just weird shit like it just kept happening like weird like signs of like motherhood and stuff and so my period was late and I was like panicking about it so we went to a um Japanese drugstore and got a pregnancy test and when I peed on it it like showed whatever in Japanese and I was like well, I can't fucking read this I have no fucking clue what this means <laughs> I have no clue yeah, and, like, the instructions, obviously, are all in, like, Japanese. Like, they're not in English for me. So, I, I wasn't pregnant. Just as a, You've but, never told me that story before. I just thought about it right now, and she was like, I couldn't read it. I'm like, fucking me neither. <laughs> oh, um, that That's nice that your partner went to the clinic with you. I feel like a lot of people actually don't have that either or that some people wouldn't even feel comfortable telling their partner that they were pregnant. Did you feel safe like telling your partner and and do you feel like at that time he was um, like supportive of you? Um, yeah, no, I felt I felt okay telling him. It was kind of like an open conversation that like, hey, I'm late on my period. This is kind of, you know, something I'm worrying about. So I talked to him about that and um yeah, he was supportive. He was supportive me finding out. Um, it was obviously a huge shock to him and myself. It was, uh, it was a day. <laughs> there was a lot of tears yeah. in that day. <laughs> yeah. Were you, what were your like main emotions? This might sound a little dramatic, but I felt like my life was over. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think, think that sounds dramatic at all. Yeah. <laughs> it was an initial, um, like shock for sure. Um, and then kind of when it set in, I just felt like, okay, this is, this is real. I'm pregnant. I'm 17 years old. Um, my relationship was really up and down rocky already at that point. So yeah, it was really scary. I just came home and I remember laying on the couch and just crying and crying and crying and just like, what do I do now? And leaving the doctor's office, um, like he just, he came in, he's like, yeah, you're pregnant. And so I kind of looked at him like, like what now what do I do now like you're the doctor like what do I do 
and he's like, <laughs> here's some pamphlets for, um, like abortion. And then he kind of sent me on my way and I was like, okay, like that's it. That's all like, that's all he did was just hand you pamphlets for abortion. Abortion. Yeah. Perfection. <laughs> He didn't like discuss your options with you. He just handed you those pamphlets. He handed me handed me the pamphlets, and he said, "This is you know, just read through these. These are your options that you have." Um, and I knew that adoption was an option as well, just because it's out there. Um, mm-hmm. But he didn't hand me anything to do with adoption. He just handed me some abortion pamphlets, and I just went home and kind of like looked at them. And I'm like, I have one. I felt like I had one option. Adoption just wasn't something that I felt like I could consider. It just wasn't for me. I just knew that from the get go, either I'm going to keep this baby or I'm going to, you know, terminate the pregnancy. So. Right. And what was kind of your initial thoughts on that? Like when you first found out and you were at home, like so upset and stuff like that, was that kind of like where your mind was heading or were you just like fully like not knowing what to do? I really didn't know what to do for a long time. Um, I think you have up until like the 12 week mark of your pregnancy to go through with the abortion. Um, and so I think I, I left it until I don't even know close to that point. I just couldn't make up my mind. I actually made an appointment. I called the hospital to make, uh, an appointment to go get an abortion. Um, and I remember hanging up the phone crying, still just not sure, like, if that was the right choice for me. Um, and not even just myself, but, like, the baby and, you know, for his dad as well. Like, I felt so much pressure to just do, like, the right thing for everyone. Um, and so I, I went back and forth. Okay, I'm not going to keep this baby to, I am going to keep this baby. I just can't do this. And ultimately, obviously, I ended up keeping my son, but... Um, the day came around for my appoint- appointment to go get the, the abortion done. And I just, I just couldn't go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Was your partner um, kind of wanting one way or the other, or was he also not sure what to do? He, he had his moments of being really, really supportive. And then also just, I'm sure terrified too. He's 20 years old. So, you know, your priorities when you're 20 years old and you're a guy kind of like friends, parties, this and that. And, I think he was scared. So yeah, there was times he definitely, you know, kind of opted towards the abortion and, uh, you know, you kind of feel alone in that aspect, you know, feeling like, Hey, it's not something I want to do. Uh, not something I can, you know, follow through with. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a little lonely at times. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I'm sure. What, when had you told your mom? I don't think I told my mom until, like a week later, I kind of sat on it and I was so scared to tell my mom, obviously, like probably most girls would be, you just don't want to feel like the letdown or you don't want to like disappoint. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I had to sit on it, but I did end up telling her and she was good. She kind of knew I sat her down outside and I was like, (laughs) so I've got something to tell you. Like, You've been like crying on the couch for the last five days. <laughs> She's yeah, like, just, you don't I'm, say. We were sitting there like in silence. And I, I was like, okay, hey, actually, I don't have something to tell you. Like, I'm going to go. And she's like, no, you have something you, you got to tell me. And I'm like, well, mom, <laughs> I'm pregnant. Because <laughs> uh, I know your mom, which is why like I'm laughing. Obviously, it's a serious conversation. But I just I'm just like picturing that. I'm picturing like 17 year old Holly and then like your mom having this conversation it's just like oh <laughs> uh 
it was it was good fun good fun for sure (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh do you feel like she was really helpful in the process of you um deciding what to do like was she supportive of whatever you chose do you feel yeah no she was supportive anything that I chose she I actually talked to her the other day because I kind of wanted like a refresher of you know her thought and opinions from you know that time it was a while ago um my mom I had so much loss in my life at that point we're gonna get kind of dark for a second but like I lost my grandmother I lost my best friend in high school um so I'd seen a lot of loss around me my mom what she mentioned the other day she's like I was worried that you know if you decided to not go through with the pregnancy that you would experience like such great great loss um yeah I'm just going through with that abortion um she's like I don't I didn't think that I would you know see you make it out of that okay so I don't feel like she persuaded me in any way but any any point that I came up with of why I couldn't keep the baby or why I shouldn't um she kind of gave me a positive she's like okay well financially if you can't afford this I will help you if if you, if you feel like you can't, you know, go on to post-secondary school, I will, I will watch the child. Like I will do anything I can to get you through this. Um, and she even said like, if you can't raise this baby, I'll raise this baby until you feel like you can. So oh, she wow. Was, wow. yeah, she was really, really that good. Crying. I, know, like, I chills. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's awesome. I'm so lucky that my mom was, um, yeah, just the way that she was, because I know that lots of girls don't have that. And that breaks my heart because like I said, if I didn't have my mom and I didn't have that support, like, I, I don't know what I would have done. Yeah. I can't imagine being so alone. Like I already felt alone in so many other aspects as far as like having friends and like, you know, my, my relationship obviously ended up coming to an end shortly after Titan was born. Um, but just not having like a family or like, you know, some sort of support system you need that that is so crucial at that time in your life and some people don't have that and that's horrible yeah that breaks my heart yeah it's um it's was really like insightful of her as well to even think about that um issue of like the loss that you were experiencing at the time and like how like an abortion might impact you differently from maybe how it would be for someone else that wasn't going through the same things in their life at that time I think that's really interesting and that's like how how kind of her really to be like so all encompassing yeah yeah like just to like to be thinking about like really like your situation not like involving her like if if she felt any type of way about it kind of thing like as like your mom um like to not just just immediately side with like oh no you shouldn't do that because like you're my daughter and you're young and I don't want you to do that kind of thing it's like she really to me it seems like she was just thinking fully about you and what you needed and at that time yeah she was for sure yeah Aww. that's awesome shout out jan you're a good lady <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah Aww. um so you found out when you were 17 you ultimately just didn't go to the the appointment and so then you were three months pregnant um had you graduated at this point already? Yeah, so I got pregnant um, the summer after I graduated. So luckily I had, you know, completed my high school. Um, that was out of the way. Um, but yeah, summer after. When yeah. your life is supposed to blossom and flourish. <laughs> yeah, well it did, just in a different way. It did, yeah, in a, yeah a different way for sure. Do you feel like um, you lost friends be- because you were pregnant because I'm assuming 
well my summer after high school like I had I had moved to Edmonton and I was still like partying and stuff like that so I'm I'm curious to know if your friends like your your social group was supportive as well yeah I feel like my social circle was always pretty small like I had a few close good girlfriends um you know like I went to parties in high school and you know like I knew quite a few people but like my small circle was my small circle and at that point um at that point I had two two of my close friends that actually already had kids so I, I was lucky that I had um or they were pregnant and then yeah I just had their kids right before Titan was born um so I did have like a small circle but I feel like I I kind of um like pushed people away just because I I was kind of like ashamed <laughs> in an, in like some aspect. Um, it was embarrassing. Um, and so I just kind of retracted to myself and, you know, stayed at home. Like I said, hung out with my mom, hung out with, you know, my son's father. Why do you think it is that you felt embarrassed? Do you think it was it was because of the social stigma around it or because you felt like you weren't like living up to people's expectations? Like, do you think you can pinpoint that? I think that definitely like the embarrassment and the the shame came from um, the fact that my relationship was so rocky at that point. Um, mm. I felt a lot of judgment from people around me, friendships, um, just people I went to school with thinking that like, I remember I had a girlfriend come to me and she's like, you know, everybody's saying that like you got pregnant on purpose to keep this relationship. Right. And I was like, wow. Yeah. What? Like people actually think that that's something I would do. I was like, do people not understand? Like my whole life is completely turned upside down. It's completely changed. It's not in any way whatsoever how I thought it was going to go. Like this wasn't a plan for me. So I think it was like, you know, some of the rumors you hear about yourself and, uh, just people's judgment in general like it sucks well and especially like being that you know we all were kids like mm -hmm. and and the way that kids process things um they are just like mean and nasty and spread rumors and stuff like that because it's just like you you're not like emotionally mature enough to like deal with something so like with so much gravity to it really yeah and something that's like really sad about that too is that you know right now like Sam and Matt are married right if they were trying for kids and getting pregnant I feel like they would be met with congratulations and all of that kind of thing and regardless like you love your son so much and like you I see you guys on stories and stuff like that like obviously I mean you're a great mom from what I can see and all that kind of stuff and it's it's such an important bond but you had to miss out on the congratulations excitement. and the excitement and like going shopping for baby stuff because you were feeling this like embarrassment and stuff like that and the stigma around you and I think that that is something that like is really sad and I I, I think that you know are there hardships absolutely and hardships that I haven't had to go through but I think that once something has you know happened and you've made the decision it would be nice if people could be you know excited instead of spreading all of these like vicious rumors basically yeah because it's not you know cliche done the right way like getting married or you know having your career all figured out at that point so yes it's it's scary and yes it's like traumatic in a sense but you know when you make that decision like you've thought about your options back and forth like I did it would be nice if somebody you know kind of was like it's gonna be okay you're gonna be okay like yeah good good for you good for you for um 
you know, kind of choosing the hard route in some aspects. Abortion, that's another topic that is so hard as well. Um, but choosing to really like follow through with that pregnancy and just being like, okay, here I am. I'm going to raise this child. It's hard. So having people kind of, you know, shit on you for that. It's like, I don't know. It's sad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is sad. Um, in terms of like, because you had kind of touched on um, like your career and stuff like that, like, or potential, like future, future career. Did you have like, um, before you were pregnant, um, like particular goals in mind in terms of like what you wanted to do after school? And how did those change when you found out that you were pregnant and decided to keep it? Yeah, so I knew that I always wanted to um, actually get into makeup and I loved modeling. So I had done a little bit of that here and there. Um, and then after I had my son, um, like the travel aspect wasn't feasible anymore. Like I needed to be home with my son. Um, going to school, I wanted to move to Vancouver to go take, you know, my makeup courses. Um, that just wasn't an option anymore. So you kind of have to just adapt and realize that things aren't going to unfold the way you planned it to. I remember I was talking to my mom again the other day and I remember the day where I was like, when it really hit me and I realized that like how different my life was going to be. And I was walking along the lake with her in Kelowna and, and she's like, you like, things are going to change for you. You can't go do this. I think it was like an event that I wanted to go to. And it sounds so cliche and stupid, but I was like, wow, I can't go to that. Like, I can't do this and I can't do that and I can't go to school and I I just felt so limited and um like what do I do next like how do I find a career what do I what am I really passionate about and all of that really just took like it just went on the back burner for a long time because I needed to be home with my son he was my priority and uh you're trying to figure yourself out and the things that like you want to do and you dream about doing and when you just finished high school like the world is your oyster. Like this is when you're supposed to go and move away, find yourself, um, travel, you know, do whatever you really want to do that makes you happy. And so finding, you know, finding out that I couldn't go do that and that, you know, I had to be home now and care for this human being. I'm curious kind of um, throughout this whole process, because obviously you, you mentioned that it was like kind of lonely and you were feeling sort of like judged by people and stuff like that. Um, were you struggling at all with like mental health? Because I know that that's something that is typically kind of like in line with like pregnancy and after birth and stuff like that. A lot of women, um, struggle in that way. Well, and especially, sorry to interrupt, especially with what you just said about having to come to terms with this kind of new normal for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, finding out I was pregnant, um, definitely took a toll on my mental health. Um, the whole pregnancy was, it was tough. Um, feeling isolated, um, feeling like, you know, watching your friends go to parties or, you know, move away and go and travel. You feel kind of left in the dust. <laughs> I know that's kind of, and that's no one's fault. Like that's what other people are supposed to do. Like they carry on with their lives. But when, when you just can't do that, you kind of, like I said, you feel left in the dust and, um, so I think like just the isolation, the loneliness, um, yeah, it takes a, a toll on your mental health for sure. Um, after my son was born though, like that's when it really hit me. Um, I definitely had, um, like the postpartum blues, they call it. So like really, really bad depression after my son was born, because that's when all like the responsibility really starts to kick in. Obviously you have this new human that you have to 
wake up with in the middle of the night, feed them, change them. And you're so tired. Like you are so tired, beyond tired, um, that I just couldn't even tell what day it was. Um, and I was doing a lot of the work on my own. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it definitely takes a huge toll on your mental health. And, um, yeah. <laughs> I feel like in the age that we're living in now, mental health is more of an ongoing conversation. Whereas back when you were pregnant or when your son was first born, I don't feel like it was as um, normalized. Even, yeah, it wasn't. I don't Not feel like we all. saw it, it anywhere. Um, did you even recognize what you were going through at the time? No, I really don't think I did at all. I don't think that I had any idea how, um, like I knew that I was struggling like I knew that things were hard, but I thought that it was just because, um, that I was so young and I was just like missing out on like kind of normal life. I didn't really realize that maybe it was like a mental health problem until, you know, until my son was probably like a year, two years old. And then I was like, okay, like I, I've been consistently struggling, um, for a long time. So. Did you end up reaching out for help in, in that vein? Yeah, I had seen a couple of counselors. Um, my mom was probably like, again, the biggest supporter for me at that point. She had seen everything unfold with how, uh, Titan's dad and I had separated that's when things were really hard for me just cause it was a really, it was a messy, it was a messy split. Um, and then going from, you know, already being like a teen mom, like you're young and you know, you, you're missing out on, on these other aspects of your life to now I'm a teen mom, but I'm also a single mom and I got to do, you know, everything kind of on my own. And, uh, yeah. So after, after we'd split up, that's when things I think really took the toll on me. And thank God I had my mom. She kind of talked me off the ledge a couple times. <laughs> yeah. When you, um, when you first had Titan, did you think that you guys were going to stay together or did you kind of have like concerns that maybe you guys weren't going to make it through? I think I had a lot of like wishful thinking and I was really like naive to the fact that I'm 17 or 18 when my son was born and you kind of think that, you know, we're, we're going to make it work for this baby. We're going to be together. It's like, we're going to make it work. It's going to be okay. Um, even though things were kind of on the decline for a little bit. Um, that was obviously my goal. I wanted to make this family work for my son's sake. I come from, you know, a kind of broken home, so to say. And so I didn't want my son to be raised in that, um, kind of same environment, but ultimately things happen he, you know, ended the relationship and I'm glad he did now. It just wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't a good environment if we stayed together, you know, it's, we're, we're okay now. Things are a lot better now, but at that time it's, it's traumatic, you know, just feeling like, okay, I am this young and now I'm a single mom. So, you know, who's going to want to take on that responsibility? Where do I go now? Who's going to want to, um, be a stepdad or like, am I ever going to get married? Am I going to be alone forever? <laughs> you know, these things kind of go through your head. And so it's just like, yeah, it's scary. How has the experience of dating um, now that you are like a single mom, how has that been for you? If you don't mind touching on it. <laughs> um, <laughs> dating sucks. <laughs> <laughs> 
dating sucks. Um, uh, I ended up finding a guy who was great. He had kids. He was quite a bit older than I was um, by, I think, 11 years. So I was looking for someone who had the same values as me at that point. I really wanted like the white picket fence family for my son to be raised in. And he, you know, had two kids from a prior relationship and he was kind of like that father figure I thought would be great for my son. And then uh, life happens again and things didn't work out. So that relationship ended, I was engaged. So kind of had all these hopes and dreams that I'm going to do it right. I'm going to, you know, get married and, you know, maybe have more kids. And then that came to an end. So now it's just me and T and uh we're 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 good but the dating aspect my god (laughs) (laughs) i think there's just a lot of pressure to like not you know bring home men all the time to your child you don't want to introduce them to someone you know every week if you if it's if it was just me and you know i'm dating i'm just like coming going doing my thing then that's okay but when you have a child who you know question who's around like who is this person you know, like, you have a huge responsibility to, like, um, uphold, like, an example for them, um, so it's hard dating, because, you know, you don't want to introduce your son to every single person, and then it just doesn't work out, it's not just my feelings involved, it's his, too, right? Yeah, it's so amazing to me, like, you're hearing your story, and, like, the amount of strength that you would have had, but also the emotional maturity at such a young age to even recognize that because I think that there's a lot of people who have kids at a quote normal age if you could you know if you can say that um who still don't take that into account who still introduce you know people like person after person to their kids um and I you know my family um is also separated um and so I know what it's like to have people in the house not like you know one after the other but even one even if they're a constant is something new right and uh I think that you having that you know emotional maturity and intelligence at such a young age is um it's just crazy I don't know that I would have done the same honestly (laughs) yeah (laughs) I could you know speculate um well thank you yeah yeah, I was a real piece of shit at 18, so I don't think that would have gone well Oh, for me. dude, I was useless. <laughs> I was also a piece of shit, but having <laughs> having my son, he, he matured me so much. Like, it, it's crazy. It was, like, night and day. Like, one day it's just, like, about me and, you know, carefree, doing whatever I want to do, parties, whatever, this and that. And then, you know, you make that decision to really, like, buckle down and be a good, be a good mom. Um, and then when you see your baby, it's just, it's different, like. You want to protect them and give them everything you can. So it definitely changes you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to ask this without coming off insensitive because I don't like assume that this is the case for everyone. But I know that like some um, moms, like especially if they are a little bit younger, like they end up kind of like feeling some like resentment towards their kid just because like their life is so different now and things have changed so much. Did you have any like feelings like that or were you just like as soon as he was born, like let's do it? Um, no, I don't think there was any resentment towards, towards being a mom or, you know, my child, but, um, but there's moments hundred percent where your, your baby's crying and crying, crying, and you've done everything you can to, to help them or, you know, feed them, change them. But when you're so tired, like I I can't stress enough, like when you are so, so tired for me, it wasn't, no, it wasn't 
me resenting my son at all, but there was moments where I'm like, my God, I'm so tired. Like, please just go to sleep. Like somebody help me. <laughs> like, please. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's sad that, you know, people end up do resenting their, their kids like that. And I remember, um, I don't, I have to tell the story cause it was so cute. I remember seeing, I think this is when I still had Facebook, um, a video that you had posted of Titan and he was just crying and, and you were kind of like a little bit giggling cause it was, it was funny, but he <laughs> didn't want you to take his blanket away, but it was like disgusting or something. <laughs> and you were oh, like, I know what video you're talking about. <laughs> and you were but like, I'm we're just going to put it in the you were like we're just gonna put it in the wash and then you can have it back and he was like okay (laughs) I have to find that video I know which one you're talking about but it's it's amazing to see people who just like can like step into that role do you know what I mean yeah it's just the maternal maternal instinct yeah and even my uh, my other girlfriend Cassie she has two children and just like watching her with her girls and I'm just like like my mouth is like dropped because I'm like, how do you know like exactly what to say and like discipline so like effectively? And I'm like, is that going to be me? Because like, who is that? <laughs> I think that it's like, it's learned as you go. Like there is the maternal instinct that I think lots of women have, but then there's also women that don't have that, you know? And I think that it's learned and patience is a virtue. Like you just have to kind of take every day as you go. And there's a lot of, like, there's a long time where I had no idea what I was doing. Like, I, I was like, how do people do this? Like, I'm not supposed to be a mom. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> um, like who left me with this child? But you kind of figure it out as you go. So. Okay. So going kind of back into like the, the mental health aspect of it a little bit. Um, do you feel like it would have been helpful because I feel like back then, again, just like mental health wasn't really talked about as much back then or really at all in our town. Um, now I feel like there's, you know, mommy bloggers and Instagram and um, blogs that you can read up on and stuff like that. Do you feel like if you like 17 year old you was having a baby now that social media would have helped you? Or do you think that um, you wouldn't reach out to those kinds of things? Like, I just guess, like, what, what are your thoughts on that? Having experienced it without anyone really to look up to I guess other than your mom yeah at that point I think like Instagram was just becoming a thing um it was pretty much just Facebook and you know Facebook it's kind of just like your friend group so um yeah I do for sure think that you know this day and age there's so much more accessibility for people to reach out to like like like-minded people um people going through the same things it would have for sure been helpful because I was, like I mentioned, you know, really isolated, um, feeling alone. So, you know, if there's somebody, if there's another teen mom out there at that point that I felt I kind of resonated with, maybe it'd be okay to like watch them thrive in some sense, give you some sort of sense of uh, like hope for the future that, okay, everything's not kind of over for me. I'm not, not done because I'm, you know, a young mom. So I think it's good. I think it's a good thing now. And yeah, that would have definitely been helpful at that point, but such as life. We weren't there at that point. So. <laughs> so for you, what was, um, what were the like biggest kind of like stressors for you being a teen mom? Yeah. Some of the biggest stressors I think were, um, just becoming like another statistic, like another failures, a teen mom, another, um, you know, mom that just doesn't get her shit together when she's young. I like not graduating college, not doing something with my life, not being, um, 
you know, a positive influence for your son or your child? Because I feel like so many young moms get that bad rep that just because you're young that you, you don't know what you're doing, you know what I mean? Or that you're going to screw your kid's life up. So I think that was one of the biggest stressors to just like be, um, be different and, you know, kind of break that statistic and um, just do good for my, for my son. So I think that was one of them. Um, also like financially, like that's a huge one too. Um, that's a huge stress when you're, you know, kind of coming right out of school and now you have to like support another human being and can't live at your mom's house forever and, uh, <laughs> and raise your kid. Right. So just moving forward and being able to afford a place while my time that I can spend at work is limited. And then I have daycare costs and, you know, extra food costs, diapers, like it goes on and on. Right. Um, so financially that's another huge thing. It's hard. It's, um, it's a struggle. Yeah. When did you end up, um, going back to work? Um, so when my son was born, uh, or when I was pregnant, sorry, I, I worked throughout the pregnancy um, until I couldn't anymore. And then I think I took a medical leave, but I didn't have enough hours to qualify for a maternity leave. So at that point, um, my son's father, he kept working. He was working, I think, part-time at a liquor store at that point. Um, and so we didn't have a huge income. Like we were living off of his part-time income. I had no money coming in. So what do you do? You go on welfare. And that's another thing that's like a, a statistic that we live off welfare for the rest of our lives. And, you know, hardworking citizens, their tax dollars goes to, you know, teen moms. People hate that. You hear rants on online all the time about where our tax dollars go to. So uh, just, you know, yeah, <laughs> I could go into that for another hour. But um, I ended up going back to work when Titan was think about a year, year and a half. No, he was two. I went back to work when he was two. What was that transition like for you? Um, it was good. I think getting back to some sort of routine for myself instead of just, you know, stuck in the house, raising a baby every day was good for me. I feel like making my own money was another, um, it was, it gave me my independence back in some aspect, right? I wasn't living off the government anymore. Um, I felt good about myself that I could support my son. Um, and at that point I got together with, um, my now ex, my ex fiance. And, uh, so we had two incomes at that point. So it was good. It was a lot better, but yeah, two years old. I think I was bartending at that point. Yeah. On a golf course. Um, so how long did you and, uh, your son's father end up staying together? Uh, so in all, I think we were together for about five years. We were together four years before I got pregnant. We dated all through high school and then split when Titan was about a year old, I think. Oh, wow. That must have been really difficult. Yeah. Just a moment to thank today's first sponsor, which is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is online professional counseling done securely. They will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. We've talked about counseling on the podcast before, and a question that we get a lot um, when people are considering pursuing uh, counseling is, 
how to know that you're going to click with somebody and, and it's really hard because you can't always know that and sometimes it's a little bit hit and miss. One of the things that I really like about BetterHelp is that they are committed to facilitating um, therapeutic matches. So they make it easy and free to change counselors if you need, if you're not jiving with somebody. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and they also have financial aid available. BetterHelp is available worldwide and they have a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today and you can start communicating with your counselor in under 24 hours. So if you guys would like to try it out, you can visit betterhelp.com approachable. That's better H-E-L-P and join over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. You guys will get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash approachable. Thank you so much, BetterHelp. Another huge thank you to Policy Genius for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Find out everything you ever or never wanted to know about insurance, unbiased advice without the jargon. What I like about Policy Genius is that you can shop the market and get insurance right. So you select a product to see your quotes, whether that's homeowner's insurance, renter's insurance, auto insurance, pet insurance, etc. And you can see your quotes. My car insurance is due soon. Not too stoked about that. <laughs> Very expensive living in British Columbia, Canada. So if you live in an area where you're able to get car insurance or other insurance through more places than just one like us in BC, I think that it's good for you to use a service where you can get quotes from other companies, especially with renter's insurance. For me, I was paying an arm and a leg for renter's insurance in Toronto because I didn't realize that you could compare and get <laughs> and get quotes from other companies. So I think that it's really important for you guys to know that you can do that if you live in an area that allows you <laughs> to do so. So if you guys have been needing a second opinion, you can go to policygenius.com to get your quotes today. That's P-O-L-I-C-Y-G-E-N-I-U-S.com to get your quotes today. Thank you, Policy Genius. So overall, for, for the whole experience of, you know, being a 17-year-old pregnant, being 18, 19, and being a single mom, and now having um, raised Titan, who is, is he seven years old as of Friday? Or eight? He just, no, he just turned eight last Friday. Ooh, That's crazy. I know. So <laughs> raising an eight-year-old, like, full-on full child. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what was the hardest part? What was the hardest part of the whole experience? So I think the hardest part for me um, is kind of what we touched on a little bit earlier when, you know, that relationship with his father and I came to a screeching halt and realizing that, you know, I was going to be a single mom and I was going to have to raise this child and, and not fuck up. So, you know, the pressure there of just like, being a good mom, um, and, and really dealing with like the depression afterwards, like the postpartum depression, um, and the loneliness. So, you know, when his dad walked away, um, there is a point there where I really just didn't see any future for myself at that point. I didn't see like how somebody, um, like continues on, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, thank God that I, you know, again, had my mom, um, to kind of pull me back to reality a little bit, but you go down this dark path and you go down this, 
this path of thinking that there's no, there's no good for you anymore. And so when you start, you know, when you, when you lose your hope for everything and you don't have any um, drive to keep going um, and you just let yourself, can, you convince yourself that you're better off, you know, gone. So um, working through that was probably the hardest part, just realizing that I have my son here and he needs me. He needs me to like pull it together. It's not all about me. And um, yeah, I just had to get my shit together. But there was a long, long period there where I just didn't want to keep going. It was hard. Yeah. Yeah. I can only imagine. Yeah. What would you um, say to somebody in, in a similar situation, even if they're not, you know, like a teen mom, but somebody who is figuring out that they have to be a single mom? What would be your advice? I think that you really just need to be like kind to yourself at that point and just, and it might sound cliche, but you have to just face each day as they come because if you really just like let your mind run wild of where am I going to be in five years, I'm not going to achieve this that I want to, or I'm ruining my kid's childhood because I couldn't make that relationship work. Um, those things aren't true. Those are things that we tell ourselves. And I think that um, you just need, yeah, you need to be kind to yourself and like go look at yourself in the mirror and give yourself a damn pep talk if you need to and tell yourself <laughs> to like get your shit together and you're going to be okay. And uh, like your kids need you and your kids love you and they need you to be happy. They don't need you to be unhappy in a relationship where it's just not working. You know, they need you they need you happy, even if it's with somebody else, or if you're on your own for a little bit, your kids just need like a mentally strong parent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, know. I feel like, I felt like I was going to lose a lash. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was like, my eyes were like <laughs> watering. So, oh God. Yeah. Um, it's taking me a minute to get back from that. Um, <laughs> Okay, well, let's let's end our question portion on a good note because I I see how good of a mom you are. I see how much you love Titan. I see how happy he is. Obviously, not every day, um, <laughs> but you know, in the highlight reel of Instagram, um, do you feel like there were any benefits to you now being a young mom? Because that's something that I actually worry about because my my physical body um, isn't as these, strong these knees yeah <laughs> I, I but, can't picture a trampoline right yeah. now <laughs> but I am curious do you these feel knees. like <laughs> do you feel like you have some benefits of being um you know like a 26 year old mom not that I'm trying to like push teen pregnancy but you know no, for there's, for there's, people who need to see the positives as well there's when in that there's situation. pros and cons to every situation right and 100 I think now I can see the positives so much more clear at the time I really didn't think there was much positive to it at all <laughs> um but it's kind of cool now actually because Titan and I just had this conversation the other day and he's like I love that you're a young mom and I was like cool why the Tell fact me. that you're having conversations I don't know why I'm like just like because he's, he's like, like a real human yeah oh my god <laughs> he's, a, he's a real thing with a real brain and lots of thoughts of his own it's kind of cool um, it is so crazy. Uh, Sorry to interrupt you. Go, go, go on. No, that's okay. But I, yeah, I had this conversation with him the other day. Um, him telling me how he, he like loved that I was a young mom. And I was like, cool. Tell me why, because you know it was a struggle for a while. <laughs> and he's like, well, you can like, he's like, you play with me, and you like, you're not old. <laughs> <He's> like, 
I was, I was chasing Simply him. Put. I was chasing him down the stairs in my apartment building the other day, and he's like, "You're fast," and he's like, "It's because you're not old." <laughs> It's really giving you a boost every day. Yeah, yeah, totally. But he he came home from school a couple weeks ago when school was still in. And he told me, he's like, my friends were asking how old you were. They said that you were young and he was in grade two now. So kids noticed and kids were asking questions. Um, And I was like, well, what did you say? He's like, I told them that you were 26. And they're like, wow, your mom's young. And I was like, what do you think about that, though? Like, is that weird for you? And he's like, no, I love it. He's like, it's cool that you're young. You're young and cool. (laughs) That's because he's probably so hip because you're so hip. (laughs) It's that's another thing to touch on, though, too, is like it's it's still so weird for me. Um, And sometimes I still have insecure moments, like going to pick up my son from school. And I'm obviously, you know, pretty young still to have an eight-year-old. Um, going to pick him up from school, you feel, I still feel like sometimes people are looking at me like, are you like the nanny or are you the mom or like, what are you kind of doing here? But I'm glad that my son, you know, can see that, I don't know, I'm kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually going to ask you if, um, if it was comfortable for you, like going to like parent teacher conferences and stuff like that, or if you feel like, um, because I feel like if I was going to a parent-teacher conference right now, I'd be like, yeah, exactly. Like, I, I was like, in trouble. I don't like know. Child like, still? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or do you just put on, like, your mom face and you're like, we're here to talk about my son? Um, I think I've learned to just, like, have that mom face. I'm generally just, like, interested in, like, how my son's doing in school. But um, I do for sure have those moments where I'm feeling a little insecure and a little, like, I'm young to be here, but this is my life. This is my reality. And I've had a couple years now from being in school. He's in grade two now to just kind of, it's just kind of normal now, but definitely at the beginning when he started kindergarten, it was like, whoa, like I'm back at a school and it's not for myself. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I got back here real quick. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. When Alyssa and I were writing down questions, we were talking about that and I was like, I can't even imagine like pushing a stroller with like my my birthed child in it I'm like I would feel like such like an imposter because I I feel like still like a a baby yeah I don't know why like I don't feel mature like I feel like I'm still like 18 yeah me too (laughs) and I feel like even like buying pregnancy tests or anything like that I still feel like people would be like instead of like you know what I mean but realistically they're like you ain't special bitch yeah (laughs) you're getting pretty fucking old (laughs) yeah no kidding. They're like your your best fertile years are soon behind you. Botox is wearing That's off funny. in quarantine. I still feel really young too. Like I look at my I look at Titan. I'm like, you just turned eight. Like what? That's just yeah. crazy. I do feel like I was like 18 last week. Time goes fast. It really does. It goes really fast. No kidding. Yeah. I'm I'm just curious now. This isn't like on our sheet or anything. But like, what what's your favorite part of being a mom? Not even like a young mom, but just like about being a mom. There's so many good things. I love being a mom. Like, I really do. Um, I'm surprised that I have enjoyed it this much. Because <laughs> um, for a long time, I convinced myself, like, holy shit, you're going to be horrible at this. Like, what are you doing? Um, I think, honestly, just, like, seeing your child, um, like, grow into their own person. And, I mean, I'm probably, like, every other mom. But, like, my son, he's so smart. Like, he he knows random facts about 
like Stephen Hawking's and like planets. He's just like so smart and he's so interesting and he has so many questions about like why we're here as people and like the world and the earth and how things work. And I'm just like, whoa, like you, you, <laughs> he blows my mind with how smart he is. And I'm just like so proud that like that's my kid. Like I look at him like you look like me. That's weird. And also you kind of like have like really cool facts and like things that you know about like you're <laughs> mine. Like I made that. What? Oh, <laughs> Yeah, he's such That's a good awesome. kid. I love him. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> um, before we get into the questions that we um, asked people on Twitter, well, we asked if people on Twitter had any questions for you. Um, is there anything else you kind of want to share about your story or any like teen mom or just mom in general um, or mom to be? Um, is there anything that you want to like say to them or about your story that we didn't touch on? I don't think so. I think there's a whole, I think just like controversial topic. I don't even know if you guys want to get into it on this, on this episode, but um, just like the abortion aspect of it too. I think that like so many, um, so many, I think if not every teen mom, you know, will consider that option. And I would just like hate for um, somebody to like hear this or listen to this and be like, okay, this is the only option or you know, this is glorified or she's, she's doing okay. Cause she kept her son. Like there's that other side of it that people don't follow through with their pregnancies and like, that's okay too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that option is, you know, a, a really good option for a lot of people. And, and I think that it's an option that is a, a right as a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can exercise that right. Absolutely. And I know that a lot of people, um, unfortunately have families that aren't so supportive and stuff like that and that people might have to go through it alone but um i think that we're really lucky in canada to have such a good program where um you know oftentimes you don't need anybody to know that's a really lonely you know way to have to deal with it but um yeah it, it's it's very accessible in, in where we live in canada anyway most areas yeah. most areas yeah because you know obviously I can't speak on where I don't live. I'm really grateful to like have those choices and I I think that that should be protected and I'm glad that you brought it up and I'm not too scared to put that on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree. I think that if I didn't have that even um, option to just even call and make that appointment, um, like how much more isolated and alone would you feel? Like you have to follow through with this pregnancy, either, you know, carry the pregnancy till full term and then like, give that baby up for adoption, that is a whole other topic on its own too. Like how, how hard that would be for a mother to do that. Um, or just like follow through with the pregnancy and really not fully have your heart in it. Or, or we could get into this too, if it was like a rape or something, like how hard would that be? So I think it is, right. it's great that that's an option. And I hope, and I pray to God that that never is taken away from from us, it's just, it's crazy to me that there are people out there that think that, um, that we aren't entitled to that right, like the anti, um, pro-choice or whatever, um, pro-life, yeah. Stand in front of, yeah, the pro-life that just stand in front of the hospital every Tuesday and, um, shame people, like, that's all it is, it's just shame, in my opinion, um, yeah, how traumatic for somebody that's going through like that decision to have somebody sit there with a sign saying like, this is wrong. Like you are murdering this baby. Like, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. And so if they're standing out there and they're protesting this like actively for years now, um, 
what about coming to a solution, like help, do something that's going to be um, of a service to somebody. If you feel like you need to stand out there with these signs and shame people, whether you want to call it shaming or not, or, you know, sharing information, how about come up with some resources for these moms who do follow through with these pregnancies? Because you're sitting there saying that they need to follow through with these pregnancies. The abortion part is wrong. So what do they do when they keep that baby and they have nowhere to live? What do you do when, you know, they can't afford their bills or their groceries to feed this child? Like, what do you do um, when you can't finish your education? Like, there's so many other aspects to it. And, and I feel like if they want to share their thoughts and opinions and feelings about that topic, um, share and come up with some sort of solution that, like, supports these young moms. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah 100%. Um yeah, and I just want to mention as well, because, but, you know, all of us live in Canada um, and we kind of like we, we've touched on um, abortion in the U.S. a little bit in season one. But there I mean, there's parts of the world where abortion isn't even like it's it's never been legal. And there's you know, it's really scary for these women to have to um, try to find illegal abortions and stuff like that. So I just don't want to miss the opportunity to obviously um, uh, illuminate that that is the reality for a lot of people in other areas of the world as well yeah for sure and going back to I was I was gonna say um that I that that's exactly what I was thinking this whole time is that it's like you know there's just not enough there's not enough programs in place to care for children if they go into the like foster system um there's not enough like care for like moms and stuff like that single moms and like you said earlier it's like you know people people judge people and shame people and and feel upset that their tax money is going towards these these moms and people that need it and stuff like that so it's like you know being told have this kid but also like we're not going to help you in any capacity we just we just want you to have it you know I, I think that that's so unfair and so unrealistic because so many people live below the poverty line um so many people struggle even if they are above the poverty line um I just think it's it's so reductive to just have it it, it's not just about having a kid. It's not just about this one life. It's about like every the ripple effect of that one child. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that it's it's yeah, it's well a shame. And and I know this is not the case in in your situation because you were taking precautionary measures um, to actively not get pregnant. But I didn't pull up statistics for this specific episode. But I know that they are like uh, it's abundant um, that education is is I think the the biggest thing driving down teen pregnancy I would have to fact check that um but I know that they did studies where um it was in one of the the states where they upped um education and teen pregnancy fell by like I it was like staggering how much it fell by um and I think that you know if anybody sees this (laughs) who's in the public uh, school system or whatever um you know, I think that that's the main thing that, that we need to be focusing on um, is education because uh, we need to be talking about it and we need to be having resources yeah. for people to even to even to ask more questions because asking questions can be, you know, embarrassing in front of um, a group of your peers. And um, like I said, obviously it wasn't your case, but, you know, if you don't have access to birth control, if you don't know how to ask for birth control, how are you going to get birth control? You know yeah. what I mean? Birth, con- birth control is damn expensive, man. When I remember when I was even taking birth control, 
I was like counting my change at that point. Cause like I'm, you know, high school student working in the summers, you know, part-time here and there, like it's expensive. And mm-hmm. I don't know, in my opinion, it probably won't ever happen. I just think that that shit should be like accessible free for these young girls. If you're going to sit there too yeah. and just have like this largely widespread opinion about, you know, how shitty it is that, you know, young girls get pregnant, then why is that not, you know, ready and accessible for these young girls, you know? And I think another thing too that, you know, people kind of have their opinions about is like, if you're a teen mom, then you must have just been like, you know, kind of sleeping around or, you know, doing this and that. But I was with my partner for four years at that point when I got pregnant. And um, like I said, was on birth control, being smart about it, but things happen. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Okay, Uh, we have uh, questions for you from Twitter. Um, so one of the first questions was, um, in what ways are social and public systems failing teen moms? We kind of just touched on this, but, um, if you want to expand at all. I think just like socially, um, like the shame that's kind of thrown into it, but we did talk about that. Um, there's so many judgments. And I think because also you're surrounded by maybe like your peers around the same age as you, there's a lot of immature, um, thoughts and opinions going into that. I really just think that also, um, like it's, it's always going to happen. Like there's always going to be teen pregnancies for the rest of our day and age. You know what I mean? So it's not going anywhere. It's not going to end anytime soon. So as soon as we can all just like accept that, like, yes, teenagers are going to have sex. Yes. There's going to be unwanted pregnancies or unexpected pregnancies. Um, like the better. So why don't we start asking questions about how we can like support these young girls and dads and, um, you know, find resources to help them instead of just, you know, the dirty looks and the, you know, unwanted opinions and stuff. I, yeah, that's interesting that you bring up the unwanted opinions because like, they're absolutely unwanted. And even when you were saying, (laughs) I can't even imagine like the (laughs) thought, the thought of like having a kid and like having it be on social media and stuff like that because like just the thought of someone telling me how to raise my kid or like they're in their stroller wrong or something like that like on the street makes me crazy Mm -hmm. putting it on social media and having like all these fucking people like pipe in about it fuck Mm -hmm. me man yeah but but even when you were talking about your friend who shared with you that there were rumors going around about you like that's an unwanted opinion in itself. Like, why do you feel the need to come up to me and tell me that? Like, that doesn't make me feel good. But yeah. Yeah. I think honestly, after she had told me that, I think that's when I started kind of to like, when I started retracting from people and just kind of of doing everything when I was pregnant, because I just didn't need that information at the time. And so obviously I was just like, drawn to any sort of helpfulness or positivity that I could find at that time. And that was my mom. That was honestly just my mom at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, somebody else asked, uh, and I put this in quotes, um, so it's a direct quote. Um, They said, I don't know if this is insensitive, but if the pregnancy was an unplanned one, uh, how do you think your access or lack thereof to sex education influenced the decisions that led to the pregnancy? Thinking back, what would you have wanted out of sex ed that you didn't get? Um, Obviously, we touched on the fact that, um, you know, you were, you know, taking precautions, but do you feel like anything else you would have wanted to get out of sex ed to do with the the premise of pregnancy I don't know that's a tricky question because like there's probably so much more that they could share in sex ed that they don't um Mm -hmm. I remember listening to your guys's one episode about 
when you guys were talking about STDs and STIs and stuff and the sexual mm -hmm. education aspect. And um, I was kind of sitting there chuckling along because we probably took the same class, Alyssa, about like what they <laughs> yeah, do share. And, it, and lots <laughs> of it's outdated and a lot of it's like, you know, just kind of like a scare tactic. Okay, if you have sex, you're going to get this disease, you're going to get this or that or whatever. Um, but I think, Sam, you mentioned on there about um, like the emotional aspect and like um, all of that with what comes with having sex. And I think that they should share that. And I think that they should share more about um, what happens, like what do you do when you do get pregnant? You know what I mean? Because it's going to happen. Lots of people do get pregnant no matter how safe they're trying to be. So where do you go from there? Because I remember, like I said, looking at the doctor and going, okay, so like what now? Like, I didn't right. know. So you have one option, you know, like here's a, an abortion pamphlet. So how about like being proactive and sharing some of that insight before it happens, I guess, you know, or having people come in and share their stories even like, this is what I went through. I did get pregnant, this and that. I don't know. I feel like that could be helpful. Yeah. yeah. Cause even like me, me right now being 27, thinking about planning to have a kid, I feel like I would still go in and be like, if I got pregnant after planning to have a kid, I feel like I'd be like, what now? Like, I, I feel like I still would have no fucking clue what I'm doing or like, what's the next step or like, where do, who do I tell? Who do I tell about this? Like, <laughs> And like, even when I did, when I got pregnant, I felt like, um, like there's like that one stepping stone. Okay. So I'm going to go through with this pregnancy. And then I remember like the day Titan was born, they placed him on my chest and I remember looking at him and I'm like, whoa, okay. So now I have to really like care for this child like my pregnancy is over it's so, it's so longly anticipated you know nine ten months however long it goes for and um and then when the baby's actually born I remember thinking that too like okay so what now like there's a lot of stuff that I don't know so maybe sharing some more information too about like what you do next yeah like just kind of looking at like all of the um outcomes rather than just assuming that like no one's gonna get pregnant I agree I think yeah. that that would be helpful. Oh, dude, it's so wild that, like, I don't know why this is still so weird to me. Like, I am an adult, but, like, the fact that we have, like, an actual living thing that can grow inside of us, and then they place them on your chest, and you're like, oh, my God, you're a human. That's still so weird to me. Yeah. Was that, like, a it weird was a thing very, for you? Yeah, it was a very surreal moment, and I'm sure it is for yeah. every mom. Like, as soon as your baby's placed on you, and you, you, you wonder what it's going to look like for so long. And then it's finally in front of you. It's so, so surreal. It's just, it's crazy. But there's a lot yeah. of, um, um, yeah, a lot of pressure after that. Cause you're like, okay, hey, well now I actually have to care for you. Like my pregnancy is done and you feel like that's kind of, okay, it's it, it's over. But no, mm -hmm. you actually have the rest of your life and that child's life. It's the beginning. Um, that conversation we just had actually brought up another question I have. Um, if you don't mind sharing, if you don't want to share, that's totally obviously fine. Um, did you did you have any feelings of like um, being like being self conscious about the way that your body had changed, mm -hmm. especially like you know the fact that it was un unplanned um, and being so young not expecting your body to change so quickly did you have feelings like surrounding that for sure um i remember just being shocked the first time i found a stretch mark i think i was on my boob <laughs> and i was like <laughs> what like no this is not okay with me i did not expect this like mm -mm. and i remember talking to the doctor about i was like what do i do like what do i put on it like what's gonna stop it and she's like um there's not really a whole lot you can do. Like, sorry, this happens. It's part of the pregnancy, you know, aspect. And so 
I think that's when I kind of really knew that like my body was changing and it was going to forever be different. Um, and it takes a long time to fully like just accept that like your body's going to be a lot different after. Um, and especially when you're that young, right? I feel like I never got to fully grow into like my young little perky boobs that I had before I had my son <laughs> and then just grew like big old knockers and then you know they're gone so <laughs> I feel like I missed out on having like a young cute little body in some aspect but you know I've got my son out of it it's just it is what it is like your body changes you know what I mean yeah and for the record I I still feel like you have a young cute little body um, <laughs> I've seen your modeling photos so but I yeah that because thanks, thanks um, babe no problem. This was a question that I had earlier, but we saved it for the Twitter questions. Um, but uh, someone asked, how do you feel like television television shows like Teen Mom differ from a real life experience? And do you feel like those shows um, glorify teen pregnancy in any way? I think that there's some good parts to having shows like Teen Mom. Um, partially because I think that it has shown like some good reality to it like it's not all like glamorous you see you know relationships and you see the struggles financially that sort of thing um so I think that that's good but I also think that um they could share I guess I don't know if people wanted to share more though I would say there's just more to it than kind of what you see on tv but I guess that depends what those people want to show you know um I just hope it wouldn't glorify it, you know, because it's not an easy thing. And I hope girls wouldn't go make that decision to get pregnant to try and be on a show like that. That's my, that's only my, my fear of that one. Right. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I didn't think about that either, but yeah. Because it's, it's not all butterflies and rainbows and yeah. And I also think I, my mom mentioned the other day that movie Juno. Do you guys remember that movie? Yeah. Um, she's like, it was really simplified. Like it was a good movie, but it was really simplified. She's like, there's so much more to it. And, um, becoming like a single parent too. Like there is really nothing about that. And most relationships, even if you're married nowadays, like lots of, you know, I think, what is it? Most marriages are like 50% and in divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you get, when you add kids into that, like maybe they could share more about single parent life. I don't know. It's really common nowadays. Yeah. One well, as the same thing with reality shows is, is the same kind of thing with a lot of Instagram accounts is that it is the highlight reel mm-hmm. and it's what either is going to spike ratings or what's digestible by the public. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's simply for entertainment at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah it's not an educational show. Okay, so next question is, what were the main factors behind deciding to keep the child, uh, be it religion, fear of abortion, or no access, finding out too late, etc.? That's a tough one for me to answer because I don't know if there was like any one deciding moment where I just decided like this is what I'm going to do because even after I didn't show up for my appointment to have that abortion carried out, um, I still wasn't fully sure like what I was doing, but I was pregnant and I was going through with it. Um, If I can think of anything, it's probably just the fact that like all my worries, all my fears that I was feeling talking through that with my mom and her just kind of giving me, you know, a reason why we could make it work. Like that I wasn't just stuck with having to go through with an abortion. Cause I remember I told her, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to have this abortion. Like, this is what I'm going to do. My mind's made up. And she's like, okay, well, let's talk about this. Like, let's make the right decision for you. 
Um, and so I think I just ultimately came to kind of, I had more pros than cons in some aspect. Um, I, I personally just couldn't at that time in my life go through with the abortion part. It wasn't anything to do with religion. It wasn't anything to do with um, anything else other than just the fact in my heart, it just wasn't the right decision for me. That's fair. I think ultimately that's a really good reason. Like I, I say this so often, probably not online, but I'd say it, I say it so often to people I know, like you, your gut knows so much more than like really anything else. Like you can feel it so deep, like trust yourself. You know what I mean? Like if you have an intense feeling of something, like whether you're feeling anxiety about something or um, like excited about something, like trust that feeling. I feel like we so often push away our like knee jerk reaction because we want to like dive deeper. But sometimes the knee jerk reaction is your body telling you like, this is what is right sort of thing. I don't know. I agree 100%. And also like going back to, um, sorry, Holly, about like social stigma and stuff like that as well. Like I think that sometimes even like if like you had the gut feeling of like, no, I want to like keep this kid. um, But like if like that social stigma can like push people in different directions to make other decisions because they feel like embarrassed or ashamed or like that's what they should be doing kind of thing. And I think that's just such a, like, disservice to people. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. Okay. So the next question we have for you is, um, are there any programs that you uh, wish that you had access to that could have helped prepare you for, like, raising a child before you gave birth or even after you gave birth? I did take parenting classes, like I mentioned. Um, I think that that was helpful. Um, (laughs) <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think like even taking parenting classes didn't even like cross my mind that like doctors would have information to that. So I think the fact that you sourced out um, any type of program is is already like a lot. Admirable. Yeah. I think, yeah. That there, I think there is parenting classes that's pretty like widespreadly like available to um, like all parents. I don't think it's just teen moms. Um, yeah. But as far as being like a teen actually maybe there could be like something in place where you have um access to I don't know if people would go but like a support group in some aspect however that may Mm -hmm. look for people who are in the same position as yourself like another like other teen moms or other teen parents you know like couples not even just single parents um because like I said like the lonely feeling lonely that aspect or isolated it would have been great to just like be surrounded by other people that kind of were going through something similar to myself Mm -hmm. well and even just being able like being able to make connections that way where you can now have this person that you can talk to and call when you're like struggling and stuff like that and I think that would be like huge yeah because the parenting classes that I did I they were they were with other parents who who were at like the right age or like older and more prepared and they were like married couples and it was just like me and my son's dad and we were young and I've, I felt super out of place still, you know, I don't think I ever yeah. felt like that was where I was supposed to be, I guess. Um, so maybe like another group that's just like directed and for like young parents, that would be, you know, that's a resource. true because that'd I, be helpful. Yeah. Cause I feel like young, young parents have different obstacles that they have to face as well. Like a lot of people, who are married and set up financially and stuff like that, they don't have the same, like possibly, they don't have the same 
yeah, things to overcome and navigate. The same um, hurdles, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's a really good point to make. Um, okay, this is uh, the next one. This isn't a question, but they said, no questions, just wanted to say congrats, and I'm sure you're doing a great job. Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to put that in there because I thought it was so sweet. <laughs> That's really cute. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so next question. Uh, what do you want people to know about being a teen mom and any misconceptions that you want to set straight? I think that if I can just, you know, put my two cents in it all, it'd just be... Like, just give the damn girl a break. Give that couple a break. Like, the the whole judgment aspect, we've, ta- we've talked about lots. Um, just it, maybe if you, if you have something that you'd like to say that's not going to be beneficial or helpful for that person, just maybe share it with a friend and some, instead of, like, at that person, you know? Like, they're already navigating probably one of the hardest things they're going to have to go through in life. And if you don't have something helpful, you know, to contribute, then just shut up. and I guess like one thing that I think um people perceive um about teen parents is just like like I said again earlier that we all um are unprepared and I was but that we're gonna all fuck up or we're all gonna just like fail or we're all gonna drop out of school or that we're not gonna be successful there's so many I was actually looking at some statistics online a couple days ago, just so I kind of had my facts straight. Um, and I think it was like 55% of moms uh, drop out of school or don't graduate. And, um, and although that may be a statistic and it may be real, it's not going to be everybody. And so just like, encourage that person instead of, you know, shitting on them. Well, and that's the thing, like, I think that people that have, um, you know, like, if you're constantly being told that you're going to be a fuck up and that you're not going to finish school and you're not going to be able to do this and you're not going to be able to get a job and you're never going to be able to date anyone, well, of course, you're probably going to be, you know, more likely to be in that situation. But if you have people around you, like your mom, who is like, no, we can do this, we can figure it out, we'll make it work, like, I'll help you, you know, like, then I think that that kind of liberates people to be able to, you know, do everything that they want to do or as much as they possibly can um and and so I, th- I think that it's just it's it serves no one really to lead with judgment rather than empathy yeah the, the only thing that people need at that time the dad included the mom of course like they just need some sort of <clears throat> encouragement or support or um like a kind word honestly that might sound really cliche but it's true because they're thinking you know the worst of everything like I like I mentioned of just feeling like there's no good that's gonna come for my life like this is it for me you know everything sucks (laughs) it's sad so like (laughs) if you can do anything to just like you know give that person like a boost of encouragement um like just do that you know oh this is a good question that I'm I'm saying it's a good question because I want the answer. <laughs> um, how and when do you plan on sharing your story with your kid? Uh, and then parentheses, in case you have more. Um, do you think you're going to be more strict or more open with this topic as they grow up? So I guess um, talking about being a teen mom, which Titan obviously is noticing. <laughs> yeah, he's aware. He understands um, to a certain extent, obviously. Like I, I won't share um all the details as far as like um his father and I splitting up because he's just not ready to hear that stuff um I don't know what I will share when that time comes as far as that because 
you know, he loves his dad, he loves his mom, um, and I never want to share something that's going to have him perceive his father in a way just because of my experience with him when we were young. And, and that's a good point to make too, is that we were both so young, we both made decisions that probably weren't um, beneficial to that relationship at that point. But when you're, you know, 16, 17, 18 years old, like, you're not going to make all the right decisions. And the, the, where we are at now, his dad and I, it's, it's, it's a lot better. Um, it's never going to be perfect. Like every relationship has its ups and downs, but, um, you know, we're both actively involved in Titan's life. And that's the only thing I really care about. Um, mm -hmm. and that the fact, you know, Titan's happy and he's loved. Um, but as far as me being like a teen mom, it's hard to explain that for him to fully understand. He knows I'm young. Like he knows he gets that part. He, he likes that part. He's never once been like, you're really young. Like you don't know what you're doing. Like I'm still, <laughs> his, mom. I'm still his mom. He still respects me as his mom. He just knows that I'm a bit younger. Um, as far as like being strict or more slack on that, I think that I'll just be more understanding when he gets to like that age and it's just a weird thing to think about. I hope that he'll be smart. I, I hope that he'll, I know he will because he's just like, he's a good boy. He's a good kid. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Shit happens. I'll just always support him no matter what, you know, just like my mom did. Do you think that you'll have um, like really open communication about like sexual education in your home? Like 100% with his questions and stuff like that and yeah hey. yeah we're already like um just like really like we'll just talk about anything like I really am just like an open book he knows that he can kind of ask me whatever um we've talked about you know where babies come from he's at that age <laughs> that was a fun one um <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't one I was pre prepared for at all either let me just like note that it was it completely took me off guard and we were driving in the car I just like almost drove my car off the road <laughs> <laughs> what did but, he ask if I can ask like like I don't know how did I you approach exactly that? how he worded it but he he may have really just asked me like that question like where do babies come from and I and I used to kind of put it off I remember I put it off like here and there like they come from the mummy's tummy or whatever and then he's like, but like, how do they get in there? Like, why? <laughs> so he started asking more in-depth conversations. I was like, okay, hey, I have to fully like explain this now because he, he's going to ask it somewhere else. And if I'm not giving him that, you know, correct information, then, you know, I don't want him getting the wrong information from somewhere else or some crazy, you know, made up story about how babies get in there. So he knows. Um, but when he's older and I, and I guess when that day comes and he's, you know, gonna have sex with someone I hope that he is just a gentleman and I'm raising him to be a gentleman and that he'll know kind of what he's supposed to do and like if you're gonna have sex like you're going to you know eventually you know things happen not that he's going to get somebody pregnant but like that's what happens you know in the big picture that's what happens you know so yeah I can only hope and pray that I can give him the tools and teach him you know what to do but you know, yeah. like I said, I'll just support him no matter what. That's actually a big thing that we talked to. Did we talk about this or did you and I just talk about this? Um, about how I, yeah, we did talk about this on the podcast. Sorry. How we always felt like it was our responsibility to supply mm -hmm. the condoms. And I think that that if I have sons, I'm going to be like, listen, 
Okay. You better come stacked <laughs> with them condoms, boy. Yeah, like I, if I feel like it's appropriate at the age, and I, I mean, I hate talking about being a mom because I don't ever want to eat my words, okay? <laughs> but when it comes to time, I feel like I would. I feel like I would, you know, supply and my mom supplied condoms to my brother and I mean he's childless <laughs> I think that I yeah I think that it's it is crazy because as a woman it felt um it felt embarrassing to have to ask them to use one I would have preferred if they just like took the initiative and and were like here we go okay it's time to rock and roll <laughs> yeah. no I think you know? that I think that it's it's a little naive and I hope that doesn't offend somebody, but I hope that they understand where I'm coming from. It's naive to think that like your kids aren't out there having sex. And if you don't give your kids that information or, you know, condoms to your boys and they don't, and they like, they need to know how to use them, put them on. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) Like you're doing them a disservice. So I don't think it's like encouraging kids to have sex. I don't think that it's like here, you know, have a good time. I think it's just being smart because it's really naive to think that they're not going to go out there and do that, you know? And I think it's embarrassing for young boys to go to the store and buy a box of condoms. So just do them like a favor and save them that initial embarrassment or whatever, and just have them available. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, honestly. They give them out in school. So why not, you know, just be like a supportive parent because they may be like, okay or inclined to get them from you know sex ed class but like if their parents are like you have condoms what like that's bad then um and they know that you're okay with it then like I think they're you know going to be more open with you yeah and I think I think open conversation is so I know that I've preached on this before but I think it's so important um yeah I, I couldn't imagine like my mom coming into my room and finding something that was was me trying to be proactive like if she had found Mm. birth control or something and then scolded me for it it's like well actually when she found out I was on birth control because because she knew that I had lost my virginity somehow like she just felt it like spiritually it was the weirdest (laughs) thing so she confronted me about it yes she and like nobody knew and she was just like have you and I was like what the fuck because it was like (laughs) days after anyway she had asked me if I was on the pill and I said yes um and she told me she was proud of me for going down to the doctor because I made the appointment myself I talked to the doctor we researched the best one for me um, and she told me she was proud of me and I think I'm just realizing now like how impactful that was for me um, to reinforce that I had I had made the right decision for me you know at the time Um, but again also important to note that like birth control does have side effects and um, you know unless you're allergic to latex condom doesn't really have any so Yeah, uh, I think I think that it's just really important that if you leave the door open for your kids to talk to you about these things, like chances are they probably will. But if you're going to like shit on them or, you know, make it seem like it's this bad, dirty thing that they're doing, like they're not going to talk to you about these things. You know what I mean? And then mm-hmm. you got to realize like how much more they probably won't share with you about other things, drugs and alcohol, whatever it might be. So just like leave that door open for them to just like talk to you about this stuff. It's important. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the last question we have for you was, um, do you feel like it was hard to be patient, um, understanding, open, forgiving in the beginning because you were still growing and maturing into adulthood? Do you feel like if you had a child now um, that your parenting style would differ? That's a good question. I like that one. I think it was harder for me to like maturely understand um, and forgive at that point. Like as far as my relationship ending with his dad, like it was – it was a horrible thing to, like that we both went through at the time I was like so distraught and you know upset about it 
um, it was a hard one for me to get over. Now, you know, I just realized that like, you know, things happen. It's best that we did end that relationship. Um, my parenting styles, I don't know if I would be different. I think it'd be a lot more chill this time. I feel like the first time you're like, don't touch my baby. Like you're going to give it the flu or, you know, like they drop their soother on the floor and you have to wash it every time. I just feel like you, when you're a first time parent at any age, like the first time it's, there's so many unknowns and it's scary, but, um, yeah, I think I'd be excited to be a mom again to do it, to do it like when I'm prepared, you know, and actually look forward to the pregnancy at the time. Like I was like, I didn't want to get like photos and stuff done and I didn't and I didn't get to do like all that maternity stuff and I wish I had like those memories I don't have them but this time it would be exciting to look forward to that (laughs) oh yeah well I'm excited for another little Holly number two (laughs) yeah one day I gotta find a a husband first I keep telling Titan that because he's at the age now where he's like can I have a brother or sister and I'm like (laughs) may I have (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> listen I gotta find a fa- or a, a husband first <laughs> yeah you're like go find me one <laughs> yeah you can interview them yeah no <laughs> kidding uh is there anything else um anything that we've touched on that you want to like touch on further clarify anything else you want to bring up before we before we go I think the only thing that I just like want anyone you know to take out of this especially like young girls um following through their pregnancies is like you're not gonna know everything and like you're gonna make mistakes and it's okay like you really think in the big picture that like everything's over like I said I thought my life was over but you just take it day by day and it all works out like you'll be okay just I hope and pray that those people have like support around them and if you don't and if your family doesn't support you like for one I'm sorry (laughs) that's so horrible like I can't imagine um, but like seek out resources and find like-minded people. And like I said, it's, it's honestly great that now there's like that social media platform that people can reach out to other people in similar situations. Like just find your, find your group, find people that support you because anyone who's just tearing you down right now, like you don't need that around you. Uh, well, thank you so much for your time. Sorry to take up so much of it. It was, <laughs> it's just like such a big, it's, it's such a big topic. And like, I wanted to obviously like hear about the story of your pregnancy and stuff because I hadn't really ever asked you about it um fully so thank you so much for sitting down with us and being so like open and transparent and brave honestly um yeah we really appreciate it Thanks yeah, for having thank me, so guys. It was fun. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in uh, to season five. Four. Four. Season four. Don't uh. skip the season. <laughs> that seems like a more exciting season. Anyways, thank you guys so much. <laughs> <laughs> we will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.